Hi there, my name's Adam Parr. I'm the podcast host, the Parr City Podcast. In this podcast, you'll be listening to me connect with people from different walks of life, from the military to people in the music industry to people in the self-help industry and many other areas of life. In this podcast, I'll be talking about topics from self-help, mental health, motivation, spirituality, mindset, society, current affairs, and much, much more. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe, share, and let me know your feedback. My main intention on this podcast is to have a positive impact. For you, the the listener, to take something positive from it, to apply something positive into your life from this. Now, with without further ado, let's get into this podcast and enjoy. Hi, and welcome to Positive Podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by Jane Wenning. Jane Wenning uses simple lifestyle changes to help busy professionals optimize brain health and enhance body composition. She also helps people with brain fog, low energy, body parts, weight gain, poor food choices, stress, low confidence, and poor mood. In this podcast, we talk about nutrition, mindset, health, happiness, diet, energy, and much more. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Tuning in, trying to find out how to win. Go along and tell a friend. Marathon, you know the game. Keep on running, never end. Getting better, make a man. Adam got it, Adam got it, Adam got it, Adam got it. Possibility, 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 possibility. Tune in. Jane, it's uh, it's great to have you on the podcast. How are you doing? Great, I'm great. Super. Thank you, Adam. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, you're welcome. I'm really, really grateful to have you on. And um, yeah, I just kind of thought I didn't, you know, introduce you, kind of, you know, kind of talk about what you do because you're into like, you know, helping other people develop, and you know, you've got um, a background, you know, where you're working. You used to work in like, um, is it like a laboratory science? You got you got a degree in laboratory science, and you kind of mix that with uh, physical health as well and, you know how could how did you kind of get into what you do and you know can you explain a little bit more okay sure so my story actually goes back quite a long ways when I was 11 I was body shamed and that cost me 10 years of my life it wasn't until I was in my early 20s that I realized there has to be a better way to live than this because I didn't like who I was. Um, I didn't let anyone into my inner circle. I wouldn't go into anyone else's inner circle. I felt very isolated and alone and angry. And I, I needed a change. So I took the education that I had being a clinical laboratory scientist and the work that I had done as an athletic trainer with athletes and I kind of, and I married those two educations together to create a wellness plan 
that I started for myself and I had great success with it. I not only transformed my body and stopped living those shaming words that that boy spoke to me in sixth grade, but I also transformed my mindset. I transformed and became somebody that I really loved. And so that's, that's kind of where my story started. And then as time progresses, uh, you know, we think that health is all about what our physical bodies look like. I call it the vanity. Uh, we're just only concerned with the outside of our body. But as I continue to go down this wellness journey with a lot of other people, I realized that health was more than just what our outside bodies look like because there was a, a mental component to it as well. And so many people suffer from brain fog and lack of energy, but yet they might be eating well and working out, but they still are experiencing brain fog and a lack of energy. So I did some more research and studying on these things. And I found that health was, um, it encompasses recovery, emotional energy, in addition to nutrition and movement. So this is the plan that, that I have, that I work with my clients right now so that they can not only have the, the vanity or the physical bodies that they want, but they can also keep away disease states. They can have a brain that's, that's not sitting in a fog. And not to mention that all of these things are very helpful if we're trying to reduce the risk of dementia and Alzheimer's, which is increasingly on a rise. So that's kind of where my, my story has started. It's definitely, it's definitely, you know, awesome, like, you know, the work that you do and how, you know, you've been able to, you know, shift and change, you know, where you was and, and what was going on for you. And I think like that, that can be, you know, something that I think a lot of people, you know, sometimes deal with that, 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 you know, body shame and, uh, you know, body dysmorphia and all of these things, you know, sometimes, you know, probably growing up or certain experiences, you know, or how they think about themselves. And I think it's, it's great that, you know, you've been able to, you know, shift that and you, you develop something where you can help other people and, you know, tap into, you know, these areas. Because as you mentioned, it's not just like, you know, that vanity side, it's that how you feel mentally and, you know, emotionally, you know, and your energy and your body and um, really kind of getting to know, you know, your health and, you know, liking yourself, isn't it? Yes. Oh, Absolutely learning to love yourself, learning to like yourself is I think the, the biggest piece of this, because if you don't like who you are, you're not gonna be motivated to make any of the other changes necessary to optimize your health and become a better version of who you are. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's definitely important, isn't it? And, and it's like, you know, that relationship that you have with yourself, it then, you know, then relates to, other people and how you are with other people and it, and it just connects in so many areas and I think that's you know something I was talking to you before we uh, start recording was you have like these four pillars and um and uh, you know I, I will go through each one but like it's uh recovery you know emotional energy 
nutrition and movement and you know all of these things all interlink and it's like if one one can't work without the other can it really like um do you want to talk should we go into like recovery you know is the first pillar like well that's important okay so recovery is the first pillar and a lot of times people think of recovery as as only sleep and sleep is a big part of it but there's other components that play into that but if we just take um if we just take that pillar recovery and think that using sleep if you are not sleeping enough hours or getting quality sleep, then that affects the other pillars because emotional energy, you don't have the patience or the bandwidth to deal with maybe annoying coworkers, a spouse or kids at the end of a day. I mean, you're just emotionally spent when you don't have the energy from being rested. It, it affects the uh, nutrition piece because when your body is not rested, you're looking for, your body is craving energy from other places. So then you might turn to foods that are not really the best sources of energy, but you just want something quick. And that's when you reach for those snack foods that really don't nourish your body, but just give it that quick hit of energy and that's it. And then again, if you're not sleeping, if you are not getting enough sleep and you're not recovered, then you might be lacking the motivation to really put movement into your day. So that's just one example of how one pillar can affect the other pillars. They are all intermingled together like that. But that's just one example of how not getting enough sleep or getting quality sleep can affect those other pillars. I had one client that I worked with where she told me that, oh, she was getting, she was getting enough sleep. She was getting seven hours of sleep every night. But then she told me that she was going to bed at two o'clock in the morning and waking up at nine. And this is during COVID time. So she was working from home and, you know, so it was easy for her to get up out of bed and, and be sitting at her kitchen table working in her pajamas with, you know, bedhead and everything else going on. And I said, you know, the seven hours is good, but in order to really get good quality sleep, you need to be in bed by 10 or 11 o'clock because our bodies go in and out of deep sleep, which is one of the deep, which is one of the sleep stages. And it only does this, and it's tied to the circadian rhythm. So it's tied to the rising and the setting of the sun, but that happens primarily between 11 at night and two in the morning. And this is important because deep sleep is the only stage of sleep where our bodies recover, where our muscles actually repair from everything that we put them through the day before and our brains detoxify. When we go into deep sleep, our brains actually, um, they've done testing now that shows that our brains actually shrink by 60% and then they expand. And this pushes cerebral spinal fluid through our brains to clear out the toxins and the garbage. And if we're not doing this, 
we set ourselves up for cognitive disorders. We set ourselves up for brain fog. And so even though you might be getting seven hours of sleep, if you are not allowing your body to sleep when it should be cycling through deep sleep, you are not recovering. And, and it's as simple as that. So the first tip I would give people is to try and work their sleep cycle back to a point where they're sleeping by 10 or 11 o'clock so that their bodies can be rested and be recovering and be detoxifying during their deep sleep. Wow. It's, it really does highlight how important, you know, sleep is, doesn't it? And how, you know, like a lot of people sometimes may, you know, may not, not may not, may kind of abuse that side of it, you know, whether getting into bad habits or sleeping at certain times and not getting the sufficient sleep. And what you mentioned, you know, how the body, um, the brain, you know, expand, you know, does in the size changes and these processes kind of come into play. And it kind of makes me think back to when I used to go out, you know, as a teenager partying and I would go to sleep past that time. And, and okay, yes, I was drinking, but, you know, that, that it was the tiredness side of it. And it just shows you, you know, like if you're skipping those stages, it's just going to cause so many problems, like, you know, over time. Right, right. There, there are so many unintended side uh, or consequences yeah. when you don't get that sleep. Now, I'm not saying that every single night, 100% of the time, you need to be in bed by 10 o'clock because that's yeah. not realistic. And, and Adam, as you know, life happens, right? Mm -hmm. And so what I work with clients is um, we don't work on perfection. Perfection is, is a great goal, but it's not always realistic. So I do what I call the three C's. You need to be consistent. You need to be creative. And then you need to give yourself compassion. So to be consistent, if you can start, start with a 70%, 30% rule. So 70% of the time, can I be in bed by 11 o'clock, by 10 o'clock? And then maybe once that becomes habit, can it be 80% of the time? And that would be a great goal to work towards. When, when maybe that, that um, you don't hit that mark, then you need to be creative. Okay, I can't get in bed by, by 10 o'clock. So what creative ways can I sleep a little bit longer then so that I can feel more rested in the morning? Even though I might not be hitting all of my deep sleep window, can I sleep a little bit longer to feel more rested? So applying some creativity there. And then when you can't, when you can't hit all of that deep sleep window, when maybe the 70-30 isn't working for you, again, life happens. So you have to give yourself some compassion. You have to give yourself some grace and say, you know what? I didn't hit my mark today, but that's okay. Tomorrow is going to be another day. You're aware of what your mark needs to be. And when you are aware, then, then you can work towards hitting it. If you don't even know what times you should be sleeping, then it, it's hard to really optimize that. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely. I think 
I, I think it's definitely important, you know, that we, you know, look after our, you know, our bodies and our minds, our energy. And I think like, you know, sleep has a big, big part to play in that, as you mentioned. And I think, you know, they're finding out, you know, more uh, statistics like globally, you know, like we're outside, you know, certain conditions based probably on prolonged, like, would you say like sleep deprivation? Would you think that that's all kind of linked to it? Oh, absolutely. So 5% of the population is wired to run on less than six hours of sleep, only mm. 5%. And the rest of us, the other 95%, we need anywhere from seven to nine hours of sleep a night. And this is adults, because of course, kids need more yeah. sleep. Um, but so many people like to wear the shortened sleep cycle as a badge of honor. So they like to say, yeah, I, I get three mm. hours of sleep every night. Okay, that's great. We'll see you in the nursing home in memory care yeah. in about 20 <laughs> years. You know, sure. I'm going to be here living in my own home, able to take care of myself. Mm. And you're going to be in memory care because yeah. all those toxins and plaques that are, that are in our brains that person hasn't been able to get into deep sleep where they can be flushed out. And mm. then over time, that creates inflammation in the brain. And inflammation in the brain is the precursor for dementia and Alzheimer's. Gosh, it's, it's so important, isn't it? You know, like, um, you know, a lot of the things that you, you know, you told about, like, I, I didn't know, like, this is like new to me. So it's, for me, it's making me aware of like, you know, me wanting to try and take care of myself and my sleep, you know, probably better and you know, in the future as well. But I, I think like it's so important isn't it? because, it, you know, it all kind of links in so many areas and you think to yourself, well, if it's going to cause all these problems then maybe, you know, I sh if someone is abusing themselves in that way, then they, they should, you know, change their course to, you know, do something different so they can live more efficiently, you know, and not experience probably any of these issues that we're talking about right and and sorry you know and the difficult thing is it's not like a light switch like all of a sudden one day you're going to bed at 10 o'clock and then the next day you decide okay today i'm staying up until two and that's my new pattern it's 10 and then it's 10 30 and then it's 11 and 11 30 so it's it's a slow fade to that mm. point so in order for a person to have success, it needs to be a slow fade back to that point. Mm -hmm. So if you're someone that's used to going to bed at one o'clock in the morning, if I started telling you, all right, starting tonight, you need to go to bed at 10, mm -hmm. you, you might not have success with that. So we need to incrementally bring your bedtime back to that, that mm -hmm. 11 o'clock or 1030 point so that you could be getting deep sleep. Mm. that's it and i think um i can kind of relate i mean i remember when i used to work in a hotel one time and the shift patterns would sometimes be i'm getting up at eight or nine o'clock or ten o'clock you know in the morning whatever to go to work whatever time and then when i was on breakfast i'd be getting up at six o'clock so you're going from getting up at, going to bed or getting up at what's whatever time and then you're throwing yourself into this whole new time period and I remember just feeling so kind of worn out because my body wasn't used to it and right it's those like those little adjustments as you said those those small adjustments just tweaking yourself into it not right, just throwing, right. throwing yourself into getting up at a different time 
And that is something that's very difficult for people that do shift work, for people that work from 11 at night until seven in the morning, that it's a really difficult thing for their bodies to adjust to. And you do see those people over time, it really wears on their bodies. Mm. So there, and, and if you're in a situation where you've got that shift work and you can't avoid it, then this is where you get, you get to be creative then. Okay. And give yourself a lot of compassion. So get the sleep that you can, but fortify your body then in other ways, hmm. you know, making sure that you get a lot of sunlight, making sure that you get hydration, making hmm. sure that you get real food. And when hmm. I talk about real food for nutrition, I'm talking about something that has grown from the ground or that's had a face. <laughs> yeah. If it, if it didn't have a face at one point, if it didn't grow from the ground, it is yeah. not real food. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to nourish your body. And if you are somebody that um, you have to work shift work, then you need to be a lot more focused on your nutrition. Mm. You need to be a lot more focused on the healthy fats. Mm. And people don't understand the difference between a healthy fat and an unhealthy fat. But that can be very important as well, because mm. unhealthy fats like canola oil, first of all, have you ever seen a canola plant? Mm. Not really. No, they don't exist. So canola oil is manufactured. And when it's originally manufactured from um, rapeseed oil, which is an omega-3, which is good until they decolorize it and they deodorize it through chemical processes. Mm. That takes an omega-3 oil and it turns it into a trans fat, which is plasticizing in the body. It hardens the arteries and it also causes inflammation, not only throughout the body, but mm. also in the brain. Mm. So if you are somebody that's working shift work, you mm. have to pay special, special attention to the nutrition that you're taking in, the healthy fats that you're taking in so that they mm. fortify your brain and don't cause inflammation. And then also to movement mm. because you, you need, your body loves to move. And mm. that's another way to just, when movement is done, where it's not overloading your system, it can be very beneficial in creating homeostasis, which is, which is a state that your body likes to be in where it's even, where it's, it's all balanced and working well. So mm -hmm. if you are a shift worker that's preparing for a marathon, something's got to give, mm -hmm. okay? You're, you're, because you're not finding optimal rest for your body and then you're pushing the limits on the other side. So those are just some things to consider if you can't, if you can't get the, the um, recovery that you need, then that's when the other pillars really, really have to be mm. focused on. Yeah, I think they're really great points. And I think, as you mentioned, like, you know, being creative and finding ways, 
you know, to look after yourself if, you know, like you said, you can't sleep at certain times because of shift work. You know, there's your diet, your health, you know, sunlight and these things that you can still get to, you know, to help yourself, um, which I think is definitely key. And like, you know, like looking at what food you eat and the oils in the, you know, those foods, like, you know, a lot of foods out there are kind of processed and, you know, eating, eating the right, the right, uh, you know, nutrients and, and things like that. And um, do you think that kind of like links as well into like emotional, emotional energy, you know? Oh, emotional energy is huge because again, when you're not rested, you tend to have a shorter fuse. Okay. You, you tend to be, sometimes you're not as present with the people that you're with. Sometimes you have less patience. Sometimes um, things can tend to annoy you. So the emotional energy piece, one of the tools that I like to give people is when they are feeling overwhelmed, when they're feeling frustrated or angry or negative, just when, when a lot of times people might have these negative thoughts that run through their brain, they're called ants, automatic negative thoughts. If you are aware of yourself and you have these automatic negative thoughts that are running through your brain, which again, you can be predisposed to because you're not allowing your body to rest and recover. If you have these ants running through your brain, then I suggest you take out a journal and you start journaling things that you're grateful for. Don't, don't start journaling all the negative, unhappy crap, because then that's where you're going to live. So start journaling all the things that you're grateful for. Because here's the thing, Adam, you cannot be grateful and angry at the same time. You cannot be grateful and negative, uh, grateful and frustrated. So let the gratefulness win out and squash those ants, all those negative, angry thoughts that are running through your head by using journaling. Yeah, no, I think that's a great exercise you mentioned and how, you know, like gratitude and feeling grateful, you can't really be grateful and angry at the same, like you said, at the same time and, and just kind of, you know, being aware of your thoughts and, you know, being grateful and, and journaling and writing, you know, those down. I think that's, it kind of brings you back into the moment as well. And, uh, it kind of, you know, makes you appreciate, you know, doesn't it, like what you have and, uh, kind of kind of gives you like a different perspective on, on things absolutely and it, it doesn't don't you don't need to um journal all the big things that you're grateful for there's so many little things that you are grateful for that living in such a busy distracted world we don't even notice or mm. we take for granted so being sure that you you dig deep and you don't just journal the the big things that you're grateful for but journal all the little things that you're grateful for as well mm. yeah that's it that's that's really powerful and i think like you said it's, it's not just those the big things it's those small things isn't it you know the things that sometimes we may kind of get distracted by you know or not really think about i mean i i did a you know gratitude journal the other day and i thought to myself like you know water you know the, the water and a tap you know clean running water and and um some of that we probably don't think you know some things like that or right or, or your surroundings isn't it or uh, people in your life it's it's really powerful and um 
like you mentioned, like one of the other pillars, well, like uh, nutrition as well, like nutrition and how that has like a part to play. Oh yes, nutrition. The, I think the piece of nutrition that people miss the most or don't quite hit the mark on the most is hydration. Hydration is so important. Hydration can elevate your mood. It clears toxins and things from your body. Every cell in our body needs hydration. Mm. And a lot of times people have gotten away from just drinking water and they need to have something in their water. They need to have flavored water. They need to have these waters that have been you know, processed or, or have chemical additives to them. And it would be a good thing if people could slowly move away from that because yeah. our body just wants water. And, and a lot of people ask me, well, how much water? Well, you know, that really, every person is different. I would say my, you know, of course, everybody hears eight glasses of water a day, right? But it depends on your body size and the environment that you live in. And if mm. you're working out, there's a lot of things that can contribute to that. So my standard is you need to drink enough water so that when you go to the bathroom, your urine is clear. Mm. If it is yellow or dark yellow, you are dehydrated. Mm. Yeah, I, I definitely notice a difference in myself if I'm not hydrated or if I don't drink enough water. I, I don't feel myself, you know, like my thinking isn't clear and I, I, I notice it. And if, you know, if, I, if I'm hydrated, you know, I, I, and I think when you, when you start drinking water, you kind of like become more aware of what you said, you, you know, you become aware or you kind of have like a little reminder in your mind saying, oh, I need to drink now or something like that. I right. think right. I, I used to work with somebody and they just never used to hardly drink water and they were busy in their job and what they were doing. Like I was in the kitchen as a chef and I would, I, I, he would always drink a lot of coffee or tea and yes, tea has water in it with his caffeine and I would always try and say to him do you want a, do you want a glass of water and he'd go I'll have a coffee and I'm like okay but but um it's I think sometimes people like you said they will have flavored water or this um in the UK we have something called smart water I don't know if you ever heard of it yeah and they say it can it contains electrolytes I mean I, I don't know if that's as good as normal water I don't know but um I think sometimes people will have like flavored water and people sometimes don't like the, the taste of water so there's all these kind of uh areas like you said but i think like you know your body just does want that water it just wants normal water nothing that's right, being right. um tainted with anything correct yep so and and drinking water too um not only does it flush things out of your body but even being five percent dehydrated brings on fatigue and tiredness is one of the things uh, other than brain fog tiredness being fatigued is one of the most common complaints that i hear hmm. do you think that people should um that this this should kind of be in the curriculum or something like that you know the things that we're talking about do you think like because only because like with health and all of these things, they're so important. You like, I would, you'd think that they would 
kind of teach it people, if that makes, you know, like uh, compulsory, if that makes sense. Well, you know what? I, I think that they do try and tell people that they need eight glasses of water a day, but then you have food manufacturers that are yeah. coming in with their, their, um, their flavored waters. Yeah. And, and so there's a couple things with that. Number one, it's not readily available. Your, your tap water is readily available. I mean, mm. tell me the last time you were in any place where you couldn't get a glass of water. Yeah. But if you are now thinking that the only water I can drink is water that's been flavored or water that has electrolytes in it, then you might opt for no water until you can get your flavored water. Yeah. And coming back to the basics and just saying, you know what? I just need water. I don't mm. need to have the flavored water. And I'm going to go, I'm going to step up on my soapbox for a minute and talk mm. about the, the waters that come in the plastic bottles and all the chemicals that are leached from the plastic into the yeah. water that we consume. Mm. They are hormone disruptors and they're horrible for our body. They're called xenoestrogens and they confuse the body and they confuse the cascade of hormones that needs to be um, in a symphony in the body. And it's all from the plastics that are, or it's all from the chemicals that are leached yeah. out of the plastics in all the bottled waters that we drink. Gosh, shocking. That's crazy. We, I've seen a few articles recently talking about things like this and, uh, you know, plastics and the chemicals and, you know, packaging and all of these different things, as well as, you know, like the things that are actually in the foods. Um, it's, it, it, it blows my mind how some companies are allowed to do that, but it's, it's one big business, isn't it? It's a massive business yes. where they're, they're making a lot, but I, I think it's, it's great that in the work that you do, you are kind of going against that and helping people get away from that, you know, in what you do, you're, you help people live their lives and, and, and make these changes and not, you know, to, to hop out from going to drink bottled water or, you know, to get out of these bad habits and to live a more fulfilled life where they're not going to probably be tempted to, to eat or drink certain things that are bad for them, you know? Right. Right. And so again, here's where the three C's have to play in. So if you're somebody that's been drinking um, water, flavored water, whatever it is, and, and you routinely only drink from the plastic bottles, then mm -hmm. I would encourage you to hit that 70, 30%. So yeah. that maybe 70% of the time you're drinking water that's, that's been filtered and it's not yeah. sitting in a plastic bottle where it's had chemicals leached into it. And then that 30% of the time, then you, okay, I'm at the airport or I'm traveling. So you have to grab that bottle of water that's that's yeah. in a plastic container. You know what? And that's where you have to um, give yourself the compassion then and say, okay, hmm. you know, this is this isn't a forever for me. This is a just a right now as I live yeah. my life, as I travel, this is what I need to do to get my water in. It's yeah, important yeah, yeah. that I get my water in because I can. I can get rid of those toxins when I go back to just drinking clean filtered water rather mm. than 
continuing to drink from the bottled water. Yeah, that's it. There's all these other areas where you can go back to looking after yourself, isn't it? And right, right. As as long as they don't slide into a habit, mm, mm. you know. So if if taking if you've gotten to the point where maybe fifty percent of your water is coming from um, filtered and fifty percent is coming from the bottle, and then you've been doing some traveling, so then a hundred percent has been bottled water. Yeah. Then you have to kind of work to get it back to that fifty-fifty. Yeah. That's Otherwise, it. I mean, it's, it's just it's just too easy to buy cases of water and hmm. drink from the bottled water. And you're saving money as well. You know, you know, like bottled water packs are, but you know, all adds up, doesn't it? It's quite expensive. It does. When you look at, like, yep, it's just, it does. Um, but like I, I for myself, I have like a, a big metal kind of flask, you know, and I use my tap water, and I've got into the habit of using that, or you know, for, from the from the tap to the glass, and just monitoring that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's like I said, there's um, different ways around it, isn't there? And just being aware of it. That's, that's the big key. You just need to be aware. And once you're aware, then you can start making these little changes to optimize your health. They don't have to be big changes. They don't have to be completely turning your life upside down. And what I like to talk to people about are making small changes that don't add any more to our plate because we're all busy people. I mean, <laughs> families, work. I mean, we have a lot of responsibilities. So if I can give someone tips to optimize their health that mm. don't add more things to their to-do list, mm. that's my goal. Yeah, definitely. That is it's definitely what it's all about, isn't it? You know, trying to help other people make those those differences and you know, in other people's lives. And like you said, it's all these little small things that kind of add together to become big things, aren't they? And um, like you mentioned, like another one called like movement as well and how that kind of ties in to like one of your pillars as well. Yes, yes. Movement is, is super important. First of all, our bodies love to move. And there are a lot of people that think, well, I walk, so that's good enough. And walking is really great in fact, one of the last studies that I looked at said um, that people that walk 30 minutes a day or more reduce the risk of Alzheimer's. And so that's, that's a really good thing to know, mm. but it doesn't reduce the risk of osteoporosis, which is bone loss. Mm. It doesn't increase your cardiovascular endurance and walking does not increase your flexibility or your balance. So these are all things that need to be worked on in addition mm. to your walking. Mm. So some of the things that are really good for that are um, body weight exercises, like doing squats and push-ups. Mm. Because what happens when you use those muscles, there is calcium, there's an electrical exchange mm. that happens when you activate those muscles and calcium goes to those muscles, which then feeds the bones. Mm. So doing strength exercises, doing body weight exercises or resistance with bands or weights, it not only strengthens your muscles, but it also strengthens your bones. Mm. And then when you increase your heart rate, that helps your heart 
to, um, to be stronger and mm. have a greater capacity for working out, for pumping blood more efficiently through your body. Mm. And then the other one is flexibility and balance. And if you don't routinely work on making sure that joints are flexible and mobile and that you have your balance, then as you age, you are setting yourself up for losing your independent living. Mm. Because if your shoulders aren't mobile enough where you mm. can dress yourself, mm. then you can't live by yourself if you can't dress yourself. And if your legs aren't strong enough to get up out of a chair or up off of the toilet, you yeah. can't live by yourself. Mm. And if you're not strong enough, and if you don't have balance and you are at risk for falling, you can't live by yourself. And so, and I know for a lot of people like you, Adam, you're thinking mm. that's years and years away, but mm. by the time you hit 30, your body will start to lose muscle mass. Mm. So if you don't pay attention to it now and make some of these things a habit now, it's mm. really hard to undo that when you might be in your 50s or 60s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's definitely important, isn't it? And it's um it's something that you know we should think about, you know, as as you know, as we live our lives and you know, our well-being and our fitness and our health and all these little things that kind of add up. And I think, you know, like exercises, you know, there's different ways of exercising, and I think it's so important that we do, you know, incorporate into our lives and you know, think about you know the future and um you know how we want to be you know in the future because i i some i've sometimes seen people who you know unhealthy or they're they're struggling to walk and things like that and i i've always like said to myself you know like i feel sorry for them that 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 i won't be like that you know i'm going to you know look after myself and it's um it's so important isn't it because it's you know you if you're healthy and you're okay in yourself and you're well you know that 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 links into your your uh, personal lives, your business. Uh, oh, absolutely, yeah. It's it's just like a, you know one big domino effect, isn't it? Right. I work with a lot of entrepreneurs hmm. who are maybe they're getting a new business off the ground. They're currently working a business and they have a family, so they're pulled in many directions. Hmm. But if they neglect their health, they're not going to be able to do any one of those things well. So it's, it's very important that it's the airplane rule. You've got to take care of yourself first. You got to put your oxygen mask on first before you help others. Mm. And so taking care of your health, again, it doesn't have to be time consuming, especially if you're a busy professional with multiple jobs in a family, Mm. it doesn't have to be time consuming, drinking more water, changing the oils that you use. Getting good quality sleep. Mm. They don't they don't take any time. Now putting movement in your day is going to take time, mm. but you can easily put extra movement in your day by walking a little bit more, by taking the stairs, by parking further away from some place mm. that you're going to. And then in addition to that, 
even doing five minutes a day of, of a full body cardiovascular exercise will strengthen your legs, your arms, and mm. your heart at the same time. Mm. And some people like to do yoga, which is mm. great because then that helps the flexibility, that helps the balance. That also plays into the emotional energy where you learn how to breathe to release the pent up um, energy that you have. So um, there are ways to move. Now, again, doing some yoga and, and putting some um, cardiovascular movement into your day is, is going to take some time. But you know what? You can just start with five minutes a day. I don't, that's the other place where people say, well, I don't have an hour to work out, so I'm not going to work out at all. Mm. You know what? Maybe you don't have an hour to work out. Maybe life happened today and you've got 10 minutes. Mm. What can you do in that 10 minutes mm. that's going to optimize your health? Mm. What, what cardiovascular thing can you do for five minutes, even if it's just five minutes of jumping jacks? Mm. What can you do for five minutes? And what five minutes of stretching can you do that is, is going to say, okay, I've done my movement for today. Mm. Maybe it wasn't an hour, but this is where I got creative and I got my 10 minutes of movement in and I'm going to give myself grace for that other 50 minutes that I couldn't get in today. Mm. That's it. It's just like making a little bit of time, isn't it? Just, just prioritizing, you know, even if you're at work and you take a break, you know, like a little five or 10 minute break and, and doing something. I'm, I'm, it reminded me of when I was, when I was working in this hotel, I, I was doing like, you know, shift work long hours and I went to the bathroom or the toilet and I remember doing press ups for like just a couple of minutes in the toilet. Cause I just, I had to just, you know, have that release cause I hadn't done it earlier. You know, I spent like a couple of yes. minutes doing that in, in the bathroom, like um, for five minutes. So. It, okay. It, that's getting really creative, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but good for yeah. you. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was, it was, it was difficult because it's like, you know, we had low staff and we didn't always have the breaks that we needed to. So I was like, you know, I'm going to do it where, you know, in the, in the toilet, you know, a lot of people probably wouldn't do that. But that, yeah, just reminded me thinking about what you said. Um, it's just a little, you know, making that bit of time, isn't it? And, um, and doing it, right, even if it's right. like five, five, and it makes a massive difference as well. Oh, absolutely. Because I think there are a lot of times that people think, well, what's five minutes going to do for me? Mm. What's 10 minutes going to do for me? But you'd be surprised how just adding five minutes of, uh, of an exercise where you're getting your heart rate up, how much better that makes you feel. Yeah. And then maybe it goes from five minutes to over weeks to 10 minutes. And then maybe you get it up to 15 and that's where your cap is because mm. that's all at that point in your life, at that season in your life, maybe that's all your time will allow. And that's okay. That's really okay. What I talk to clients about is taking a look at every three months, revisiting, what am I eating? How am I moving my body? Um, what about my emotional energy? Do I have people in my inner circle that are not in my corner? You know, so are there people that have crept into my life that are toxic, 
that I need to remove? And am I getting the rest that I need? Every three months, coming back to those pillars and revisiting them and saying, what is serving me? What is serving my body right now where I'm at? And what's not? And getting rid of the things that might not be serving you and picking up some new habits, but taking a look at that seasonally, like every three months, because if you develop, if you start working on something, if you start eating better over the next three months, and then you find that, wow, this thing is really upsetting my stomach. Okay. That's not serving you. Stop eating that, mm. you know, but then there are other things that maybe you can look at putting into your diet to replace that thing. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's quite powerful, isn't it? When you think about it and when you break it down and you peel back those layers, um, you know, not, not just the diet side of it, but, you know, like, uh, you know, like people in your life and your energy, your emotional energy, because if you've got the wrong people in your life and they might be negative, that's going to keep you off from that. You know, they might be keeping you awake at night and then you're not getting sleep. And then, yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes we can't remove all the toxic people from our society, from our circle, mm -hmm. but you know what? We can learn to turn the volume way down on those toxic people. And maybe that's what we need to do. If we can't push them outside of our circle, push them to the outer limits and turn their volume down. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's important. And um, I was just thinking as well, like, do you have any favorite books that you like to read at all or anything like that? Or you've read? Um, well, probably one of my favorites that I've read recently is um, Dr. Mark Hyman's book, on what the heck should I eat? That's a good title. Um, it is a good title. And I like it because it breaks down all the different foods. It breaks down every category of food, I should say. Um, vegetables and fruits and grains and dairy and beverages and sugars. It breaks everything down. It gives you the good and the bad about each one. And then you get to choose, okay, is this a food that I really want to continue to eat? Mm. So, and, and the, he doesn't talk sometimes in the, the books that I read, they get very technical and that's not the way he writes. So it's a very easy read. And it's something that I can continue to go back to and use as a reference when I'm dealing with some of my clients. So mm. I do like that book. Yeah. No, that's, that sounds like a really great book. And you know, you know, I definitely have to check it out. And I think it's, it's great, you know, like reading, you can take really good, um, you know, advice and learning and, and you know, uh, other people's perspective on things, aren't you? And, and apply it to things that you're doing. And um, I was thinking as well, do you have any kind of like role models or mentors, um, whether that's professionally, personally, you know, like now or growing up, anyone like that at all? I would have to say... Oh, that's a hard one. It's fine um, if you can only think of like one person, you, you know, it's fine. Yeah. Some of the mentors that I have, like one of them is um, Marie Forleo. Yeah, she's great. She is great. And she wrote a fabulous book called Everything is Figureoutable. And I, 
I really admired her from the time I started watching her on her mm. um, on her TV, the, the book that she wrote. I've seen her speak in public. She's just full of so much energy. Mm. And she's so um, empowering. She makes you feel like whatever you want to accomplish, you can do. You just mm. have to figure it out. There is, mm. there is a way, there is a path. And mm. you can figure it out. Mm. Yeah, she's she's a really great person. I think that's a really great example. And um, I I read that book as well. And it's like she she mentioned like you know everything is kind of figure out. You know that you'll find a way. You know you find a way around it. And right. she's like I said, has all that drive and energy. And um, yeah, no, that's a great example. And um, yeah, I was just thinking as well, like where, where can people find you on like social media and like your website or that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. So I am on LinkedIn hmm. and it's jane.wenning, W-E-N-N-I-N-G on LinkedIn. And then my website is the number four, the number four dash pillarshealth.com. That's awesome. And what I'll do, I'll definitely, I'll put those links in the description for people to find as well. And um, yeah, no, it's, it's, been, it's been great having you on, on, on the uh, podcast, Jane. And, you know, I'm really grateful to have you on. And I think you're doing an awesome job in everything that you're doing. And, um, you know, I wish you continued success in what you're doing. And I think it's, you know, really important to talk about these things and to think about, you know, these things that we spoke about, um, you know, in, in our lives, uh, because we've all got you know we all got our own health and our own things going on and we have to you know look after our health if we you know want to have a fulfilled life right right so if anybody goes to my website one of the things that they can download is mm. a productivity secrets so there's four tips on there one for each one of my pillars how mm. they can work towards better health without adding more to their plate and they can they can download that and start implementing some of those strategies right away. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, I'll I'll definitely um, what I'll do is as well. I'll, I'll kind of screenshot it and I'll put it on my social media if you like, and I can put that out for people to see as well. Yeah, and, that would be great. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Nice, no, yeah, but it's been it's been great talking to you, Jane, and yeah, I, I wish you all the best in your day and and everything that you're doing. Really appreciate your time. Wonderful. Thank you, Adam. I appreciate coming on and, and talking to you. No, you're welcome. It's, it's great to have you on. And, you know, we can always do these in the future if you want to, you know, to talk about any other topics or anything. Yes. Yes. Because yeah, there's yeah, yeah. so much information in each one of these pillars mm. to help people mm. optimize their health. And mm. especially with nutrition, mm. it's so confusing. So taking mm. some of the confusion out of what should I eat? What shouldn't I eat? And why? Mm. Yeah, no, definitely. Sounds great to me. Sounds great. But, um, but not all the best in your day and you take care. All right. Wonderful. Thank you, Adam. You're, you're welcome. Take care. Hi, and thanks for listening to the Parsis podcast. If you yourself 
has a story that you'd like to share to be on the podcast, please let me know at thepodcast at gmail.com. Or if you know somebody that has a story that they would like to share or their experience from life, please tell them to get in touch with me at thepodcast at gmail.com. Um, so yeah, see you soon. Take care. Hi, I'd just like to say a massive thank you for listening to the podcast. You can also check out the podcast on YouTube at The Power City Podcast. You can also check out my Instagram at City 94 where I put lots of podcast clips and snippets and a lot more content as well. I really appreciate you supporting me in my podcast and supporting me in my content. It really, really means a lot. Any feedback, any questions, any queries, you can email me at thepolicypodcast at gmail.com. And I look forward to hearing from you and connecting. Take care. Hi, and thank you for tuning into the Positive Podcast. I would just like to announce that I have just recently created a Facebook group for listeners and for people who would like to network with other podcasters and to network with other people who listen to the podcast as well. The link can be found in the bio of my profile as well as the bio of my episodes and the Facebook group um, is called The Positive to People. All you have to do is send a re- invite request and I'll accept it for you to join. I hope to see you there. Have a great day. Take care.